The Redneck Tech Podcast is brought to you by Diamondback Covers, the absolute best cover you could ever spend your money on. If you need an insurance policy for all the expensive gear on the back of your truck, then you need a Diamondback cover. Make the bed of your truck a vault with Diamondback. Are you right here? Right here. Yeah. You want it? Welcome back to the Redneck Tech Podcast. This is episode number 85, and we are joined by our really, really good buddy, Brockalicious, a.k.a. Brock White. I like Brockalicious better. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> I do too. And of course, Ryder's here as well. Howdy. We are in sunny Southern California. We flew into Arizona the day before yesterday. Yeah. Oh, is that one of my children? Anyway, we're in we're in one of Brock's um, toy haulers recording this podcast in Southern California. And I told my wife not to let kids in, but somebody just beat on the door, so we'll just hope, we'll just ignore it, and maybe they'll go away. Ignore. But um, this podcast is normally about hunting and outdoor content creation. But on this one, we are going to talk business with Brock. Um, Brock is the owner. Did you plan that alliteration? I did. I did. No, I did. Business with Brock. Yeah, business with Brock. Brock. Welcome to business with Brock. <laughs> Your host, Brock, talking about business. <laughs> no, I didn't plan that alliteration. You know, I'm not that smart. But anyway, um, Brock is the owner of Rolly White RV, a big hunter. That's how we met through Dudley. Uh, we've got to we've got to do a couple hunts with him, and now we've got to come out to the sand dunes for the second time to take some pictures and a little bit of video, and more than anything, hang out, have a good time. And uh, this has been a re- relaxing trip for me. Um, this is a much better pace than most of our shoots are most of the time. Um, got a freaking virtually a rolling house that we're staying in, one of your trailers that you pulled off the lot for us to to use. But um, I wanted you to kind of. Intro yourself a little bit. Tell me a little bit about yourself, Brock. So for the people that don't know who the Brock White is. So I am owner of Rolly White RV. I have a partner, Brad, which you guys have met and hung out with. And we've been open for 15 years. We have, we started off really small and literally just me. And learned a lot of lessons, a lot of failures, and we've evolved into what we are today, <clears throat> which is we five five stores are opening our fifth store this month in Idaho Falls, and we we try to bring a a culture at Rolly White that everybody feels like they're part of a family mm-hmm. that. They feel like they are part of the success when there is success. And they feel like they have helped grow the business. So, Well, I guess first question, just to jump right in. Um, you say that you like, and this wasn't one on my list, but I like what, you're, what the way that that's going. So you feel like a really successful part of your business is because everybody feels part of the culture and they're part of the successes. But do you feel like it's just as important for people that are, that, you know, quote unquote, take ownership in a company when they're working there to when something doesn't go right, that they, it hits them just as hard as it does, 
you know, the owner. Like they, they feel that they feel the bad times and they want to step it up just as much as they enjoy the good times. Is that is that kind of a Oh yeah. Yeah. So when it's bad, it's bad for everybody. Yeah. And if somebody doesn't do their part in the team, it ruins the whole chain. Mm-hmm. And we use accountability and and then, then it affects their paycheck mm-hmm. on top of it. So all of our major top level jobs is you're pretty much betting on yourself because if you don't produce, you're not going to get paid. Yeah. That's just the way it is. And So there's nobody to blame but yourself. Yep. And I just, I don't micromanage. I let them do their thing. But I also notice when I have somebody like a newbie coming in and you see them and they're great and you can see great potential that you make, you want to keep them so you pay them. Mm-hmm. Because to me, the number one thing is that your employees are happy because if they're not, that's going to show on the quality of work you do. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. Yeah, and so if you, it's kind of this balance of making sure they're happy, recognize, when they want praise when they're doing something good. Yeah. And because you're going to tell them when they're doing something bad. Yeah. That's easy to do. The hard, I find it hard is to remember to praise them when they do something great. See, I've, I have, I've tried to do a good job of that, and Ryder can tell me whether or not I have or not because. That was something in my old job that never happened. Yeah. You never knew if you were doing good, great, bad. There was there was no communication. Usually you know when you're doing really bad. Yeah. Because you get chewed out. Yeah, but right? that's the only time you'd ever know anything. Yeah. But, like, I, I, I mean, and it's not it's not one of those things where I wanted to be patted on the back, but I'd like to know, like, hey, you know what? You did good. You know, I, I, I trust you. I'm going to send you on more stuff. Oh. Or, hey, that one was really good, but here's a couple things we can do to improve it. Like, I'm cool with that, but I, I never even got that. Yeah, I definitely think it's a critique is necessary. Mm-hmm. This is what you're doing good. Hey, you can become great if you do this. And another thing, too, is managing egos, right? Because now when it was just me and two of my buddies running it, I knew we all got along. We worked hard. Now you bring in 20 other guys and everybody, this guy's sensitive, this guy gets his feelings hurt, you know, mm-hmm. and this guy needs praise. This one, do, you don't need to praise him. Mm-hmm. And just managing the egos. Or the, yeah, well, and the personalities, yeah. Personalities, yeah. Well, so I guess that would lead into my next thing is since you've been open for 15 years and you've grown from virtually a one-person business to how many people work at Rolly White now? 50 now. 50 now. So, obviously, there was growing pains in that. What were some of the things that you did to mitigate growing pains? Well, we had a huge growth when we went from one store to three. Because we opened a store in West Phoenix. And at the same time, another RV dealer approached us, asking us to buy him out. He wanted to sell his business to us. And it was a really good opportunity. So, we stepped up and did it. So we went from one store to three stores in like three months. And now we were juggling like my job duties are way different now. And my partners were way different. And the growing pains was the infrastructure and organization. When you have one store and you can go to that store 
you manage it. You see everything coming in. You see the money coming in. And where the wheels came off a little bit was our organization, which is good. I think everybody has to go through that. Being more organized with cash coming in, with um, checks and down payments, all those things that, you know, when you're small, you don't think of. Yeah. One person's handling it all. Now that's going through three different people's hands. Yeah. And you had to have a lot of trust in those people. You have to have trust. Yeah. And because you can't trust anybody, you need checks and balances, right? So that's what really helped us out is we failed in that. And luckily it didn't put us out of business. And we're able to, okay, look at what we did wrong. And let's come up with a solution. So now, now we do that with everything. We're really good at selling stuff. We weren't really good at service, making money in service. So we said, last year we said, we're going to make money in service this year. And we put a plan together and we pounded it all year. And now our service department's profitable. So it's just, I think when you're an owner of a company, it's important to be able to look at yourself in the mirror and say, I'm not perfect. What can we do better? Yeah. Well, um, how did uh, how did it how did Rolly White start? What because I know we talked about this a little bit, and you said you were you start, first started out selling used trucks or buying and selling trucks and stuff like that. Yeah, so I I originally started Rolly White as it was CW Motors, and I was buying cars and flipping them just to go through college, mm-hmm. and then I started buying a lot of cars, flipping a lot of cars. Mm-hmm. And I started doing all right. And I was like, well, I graduated, got my BA in, in communications and decided, well, why would I go to law school if I already have a career that's actually going pretty good? Mm-hmm. And a lot of people didn't want me to go down this path. Yeah. Not a lot of people didn't want me to go down my path either. I mean, I don't know what happened to you, but my parents were telling me that's not a real job. I had other people telling me that. No one. Yeah. Same here. No one believed that you could make money doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And I just, my gut said to go with it. Anyways, the kind of the funny thing was when the economy hit, great, the recession hit, everybody would think like used car prices would go down at the auction. They actually went up. And then it became really hard to make money on, at the auction through used cars. Because all the new car dealers, instead of trading, instead of selling them, they were keeping them. So all the margins got really tight. And I went from being able to, I was shopping 20 auctions around the country to buy three cars. And when, What was it before the recession, though? I'd go to three auctions in person, and I'd buy 10. And you went from going to three auctions buying 10 to going to 20 auctions and buying three. Yeah. Dang. And losing money on... One out of three. Oof. It was tough. So oh, yeah. So we I started looking at cars that needed work. So I started buying those because those had a little bit better margins and I could pick them up a little bit easier. Yeah. To had a friend come up to me and say, hey, I know you got your thing going on, but why don't we try selling trailers? And that's kind of where Rolly White came, came about is he... He approached me about it, and I already had rented toy haulers. I knew where to go to get them. So I said, yeah, I know exactly where to go. Let's do it. 
And then we said, man, trailers are a lot more fun than cars. When you're selling a car, somebody, they need it because they got to go to work, they mm-hmm. got to travel. It's an ob- almost an obligation to have one. Yeah, and so when that thing doesn't work, you become their worst enemy. Yeah. <laughs> and with a trailer, it's different because this is a vacation. They want to do stuff with their family. They're getting excited. They buy the trailer, and it's like a dream. You're fulfilling their dream of traveling the U.S. or going camping with their family. And yeah. It's a totally different approach than buying a car. People treat you nicer. And then on top of it, trailers are of engines. That's my favorite thing. The check engine lights. I, yeah. As a used car guy, like check engine lights, the dreaded check engine light. Oh, yeah. Um, so I really enjoy selling trailers. It really changed the direction to the point where we said no more cars, only trailers. And then we got our foot in the door of the new manufacturer. Was that Genesis? Um, it was Eclipse. Eclipse, okay. Stellar. So we first, our first new line was Stellar. In our first year, we made them the number one toy hauler in Arizona. It's awesome. And then that opened other doors. You kind of, the RV business is you have to prove yourself to get more lines. And then more doors open up. Genesis, when they came out with the first trailer, we were there. And we, we thought, this is the next big trailer. And we picked them up, and now now they're the number one trailer. I'm about to say, I see them. Where, I mean, there's how many hundred toy haulers out here in this desert uh, right now? There's probably a f- couple hundred. Yeah, well, I would say four to five at least. And yeah. it seems like almost every other one is a Genesis trailer, at yeah. least. And this isn't even a busy weekend. Yeah, no. That's what I was trying to explain to Nicole, my wife. She's like, uh, there's a bunch of trailers out here. I was like... I was like, I think this is like a standard average weekend. Yeah. I was like, you know, the Camp Razor or whatever, which is the opening weekend of season yeah. really usually. Yeah. There's, what, thousands? Oh, man. They say there's 400,000 people here. 400,000 people. Yeah, it is It is a gin- ginormous mess. It's not, I wouldn't bring your family down that weekend. <laughs> we and they're all be- ripping around the dunes? Oh, yeah. What, you can go on a nice morning ride because 95% of everybody's hungover. Oh, yeah. I don't so drink. it's a big party. It's a you don't bring your family that trip. Ah, I got you. You leave them at home cause, <laughs> mainly because you don't want them to get killed. Yeah, people die that weekend out here. Oh, I don't doubt it. It sounds like it. Well, for example, I've been coming out my whole life, so I know how to read the dunes. And these new guys, they go by us side by side. They've never even been in the dunes, and you've seen the bull, bulls, big bulls. Oh around. yeah, they'll they'll launch right off the top. They don't know. That there's a 200 foot drop below them and they die. So it it can be real dangerous if you don't know what you're doing out there. Yeah, I mean, there's been a couple butthole puckered up spots for me <laughs> on this trip. We just got off a ride with you and I had my my little boy and Ryer rode up with us and we did the hill climb and it was intense. I mean, I know you 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 weren't even the least bit scared, but you're still young and dumb and not smart enough to be scared. I got, I got a little. I mean, I, I got the elevated heart rate, but yeah. I, what what you was know. your thought? I like it. <laughs> I yeah. like it. He's an adrenaline junkie, though. Like he wanted to fly fighter jets, so like he's all about that life. You but. know what's crazy though is I wanted to fly fighter jets, but up until I was like fifteen, I would not touch a roller coaster. Really? I wouldn't even go see the movies. Why? Because uh, we went to Disney World when I was real small, 
and I had a bad experience. My dad, my dad forced me to go on uh, that rock and roller coaster, the one that plays. I think is is it Aerosmith? I don't know. You basically get in the the ride is like you're late for the concert. You're late for the Aerosmith mm. concert, and it's playing heavy rock, and you're just freaking flying through things. And it makes it looks like you're about to crash into all sorts of things and hit your head on stuff, but you don't. <laughs> Anyways, I'm too young, and that scared the crap out of me. So I was like, I'm never doing that again. <laughs> and then we went to Honey, I Shrunk the Audience, which is that Disney 4D, 5D experience, and they yeah. like blow the air and the water on your face as you watch the show, and that freaked me out. So I wouldn't go see the movies. I remember our class was going to like the IMAX one time. Yeah. And I had to get my mom to like sign a thing that's like he won't go to that. <laughs> he won't go to that. And here, and, but now I love movies. Now I will go to any movies and I'll go on the roller coaster. What changed? What changed though? I don't really know. I just went. It's just one of those went. things. Like you're you're a kid and you're scared and you're like I'm not going to do that. Super. And then Red Velvet was super impressionable when he was little. Oh yeah. man, I can't. I could not believe you wouldn't go on a roller coaster ride, but you didn't have a problem with what we just did. <laughs> No, well, I like, so, so well, I, I, I just to told Brock I want to I want to go on I want to do I, I heard about the I heard about the guys ride yeah I want to do the guys ride yeah that's well, what I want to do well I need I need to tell the story about a little you know a little side blurb about <laughs> when we went on the first ride yesterday and my wife is not an adventure seeker she's not adrenaline junkie she is very very happy with sitting her happy butt right here watching kids and letting us go do it. Well, I knew that it would it would scare her, but I had to get her out there. And we didn't even rip around too much yesterday mm, at all. No, no. And uh, I got her out on the ride, and she asked me before, she's like, how dangerous is this? Oh, it's not that dangerous. Okay, it's a little dangerous. <laughs> it's a little. <laughs> no. They were talking. I was I, over- I overheard this conversation. Yeah. And, and Caleb goes, That's, it's not that dangerous. Well, it's a little dangerous. <laughs> and she goes... <laughs> but I got her on, I got her in the ride yeah. and we we got I don't know we had what the guy break his transmission then we had our alternator go out. Yeah. But um and then somebody tried to the guy who tried to pull us out to get to pull start ours yeah. got stuck. Yeah. So we had to get him out so then we had to start yours. A, a nice little 45 minute ride turned into a couple hours getting back yeah. but it was yeah. like 3 or 4 hours. She she's like I can't believe you're letting our children do this. <laughs> it's if you've never done it before, it is intense. Well, it really is because you don't know how. Like a lot of times, you feel like you're going to launch off something. Yeah, and you just roll into it. Yeah. So I can see why. Well, and and we're riding with somebody like you that's been doing this, you know, as long as they can remember. Yeah. So it's not like me driving. I wouldn't trust myself to drive, like because I don't have a. I, I'm I'm dumb. I know that I'm. I'm smart enough to know that I'll get killed if I drive. Well, if you followed somebody, you'd be all right. Because you're just following their line. Yeah, that's what's been, I've been trying to figure out as I've been riding along. I've been trying to figure out how you know where to go and what lines to take. Like, it's, it, it doesn't, half the lines you guys take, like, I would never see that. Um, I, I would just, like, I don't know. Yeah. You just, like, roll it. It looks like you guys are just driving around making lines, but I know that there's some sort of you guys are reading the dunes, like you said, somehow. You're trying to find the big bowls, so you want to hit the big bowls. That's where you get going really fast. Mm-hmm. And so 
you're trying to get to the center of the dunes, but when you're going out there, you just want a nice, smooth, easy transition. So the lead guy, he's the one that's supposed to make the good line. So a ride, the guy in the front makes or breaks the whole deal. Who's the best that you know of? No, Brad does a great line. Brad's good? Brad's good. I rode with Brad yesterday, right? Mm -hmm. No. Yeah. You rode out there. You rode in Brad's car, but no, Mike was driving. Mike was in the driving. evening. Yeah. Oh, in, in the, the evening? evening? Oh, okay. Brad. I didn't yeah, know. He I did. led, and we he did, he did pretty good lines. Yeah, Brad does a great line. Nice and flowy. Yeah, I don't like being... If you have a big sand car, you don't want to be in front. Yeah. Because I'll just spray people. Yeah. So you want to be... Which you did enjoy doing that to the guy you pulled out yesterday. Well, you know, I was <laughs> waiting my turn. Because <laughs> I knew I could pull him out. And, and you did. And I was just... I was really excited, too, because <laughs> I felt like these people weren't, like, we knew where we needed to go, but they were demanding they go to a really bad spot. Yeah. I didn't know what they are going to do on top of this hill in the middle of nowhere with a transmission broken down. Yeah. Let me take you to the freaking road. Yeah. So, when they hooked me up, I'm like, I'm going that way. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, dude. <laughs> yeah. And we, I mean, you go up the hill, you got to put your foot. All the way to the floor. Yeah. And I enjoyed it. <laughs> Every minute of it. Every, that guy's going to be picking sand out of his ears and his nose for months. Oh, man. When the car disappears, yeah. you know you've done a good job. <laughs> You're like, I did a job well done. Job well done. And then, you know, I went around the bowls a couple times. I'm like, well, I got to put my foot in it again. Here we go. You really just did what you had to do. Yeah. And the side effect was you enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Sucks to be him. You can't not enjoy that. Yeah. I mean, that just goes back to throwing sand in people's face when you're a kid. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just on a bigger scale. And you're it's not mean because they volunteered. Yeah. They kind of don't have it. It's like, oh, sorry, dude, I have to do it, I guess. Yeah, no, it's guy. like you get to throw sand in their face, and they asked you to do it. Yeah. yeah. Please throw sand in my face. Yes, sir. <laughs> I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, to get back to uh, what we were talking about. Um, Business. With Brock. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So we're going to have segment breaks on this thing from Red Velvet. Um, so you were, we, you were, and I stopped you earlier. You were talking about one of the hardest things about business. And I stopped you, and you said the hardest thing about running a business is training people. Yeah. So tell, yeah. tell me about that. So <clears throat> it's hard because when I went up, when I, no one taught me necessarily how to run a business. Mm -hmm. So everything I did was trial and error. Trial and error. Failed at that. Make it. money, lose lots of money. Make money, lose lots of yeah. money. Blow that thing up. Pay for that. <laughs> and But nobody trained me. So where I'm probably, I lack is training the next person. Yeah. How to do my job. Yeah. And that's where I struggled. I just figured out. I, I show somebody something, I'm like, figure it out. Because I had to figure it out. Yeah. And I didn't, back then, I didn't think, maybe I should write these steps down. <laughs> maybe I, I should write these steps down. Because that, and then you could just hand the next person yeah. the steps. Here you go. See, in my last job, and I've said this before, I didn't learn a whole lot about what to do, but I learned a lot about what not to do. Oh, yeah. About what investments not to make what kind of people you don't want around, um, 
things that you don't want to spend your money on, things that you don't want to spend your time on, people that you do and don't want to work with. Like, I I learned that very, you know, because there we had the best team in the outdoor business, and it was squandered away because he didn't ever pay attention to whether or not the guys were happy. Uh-huh. Um, and he would work people to death um, and, and loved what I did. Don't get me wrong, and still do. But um, there was never that, like I ask Ryder all the time, are you having a good time? Yeah. You know, because if you're not having a good time, I need to know. Yeah. Because this trip has put me over the edge. I hate it. <laughs> it's the worst. I'm having no fun. <laughs> just working, riding in sand cars, getting beat to death. It's just horrible. <laughs> That's facetious, by the I, way. I looked over today. By the way, we were making pancakes this morning, and I look on the ground, and Ryer's like belly on the ground. Oh, yeah. Taking a photo. I'm like, I love that guy. <laughs> I love that guy. I was getting a picture of your keychains in the sand. I know. That's, I mean, he goes the extra mile. He does. He's a hard worker. Um, and it's one of those things to where there were so many little things that didn't happen that I wanted to happen. It's like, you know what? If these couple little things would have happened, I would have been a different, I would have been a different mindset. Maybe you wouldn't have left. And maybe I wouldn't have left. Exactly. And, and I understand the value of how hard it is to bring in someone that you either have to train or in our case, I had to bring in somebody that I could, that I didn't have to train because I didn't have time to train them. Yeah. And um, and luckily, you know, I brought in Ryer who did not need his hand held, and thank God because if I'd have had to hold somebody's hand, I mean, there we would have we would have lost clients, we would have lost business, we would have we would have been backpedaling the whole time. I remember you told me you had this guy and I would like him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, how important is that that your client gets along with? That's the, the most important. And how many, Ryan, How many times have we had that conversation where I'm like, it is as or more important as to you being a good producer, a good photographer, a good videographer, a good editor. It's as important or more important for people to enjoy being around you, and for people to, and like, I I enjoy having that guy in camp because, I mean, you've been on a couple hunts now with yeah. you've been on what. Two with me, which yeah. we didn't get to spend a whole lot of time in Deseret. Yeah. And then you've done one in Colorado with Ryer where y'all spent a lot of time together. Yeah. It's important that you enjoy being around that person, isn't it? Yeah, totally important. Yeah, because, I mean, you're sharing, I mean, a hell of a confined space in this trailer for how long were y'all gone? A week? A week. It's five yeah. days, six yeah. days. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're eating meals together. You're spending all day hunting together. You know, the only time you're not together is when you're sleeping, you know, yeah. pretty much. So... I mean, how many times have I told you that? And how and how I have to, when I'm looking, if I, we do add on, which we are looking to add, you know, some more people here pretty soon, how important it is for me to find somebody like, you know what, not only, because I have to spend a lot of time with him, yeah. you know, and if I can't enjoy my time with him, then this isn't going to be a great working, working relationship anyway. How many times have I said that to you, though? Yeah, you've talked about that a lot. A lot. Because um, it's important. I, I mean, you've said that on the podcast is, you know, you can be a average photographer or an average videographer mm-hmm. or an average editor. Um, and as long as you're a good person, a great person, you work hard mm-hmm. and people like to be around you, they'll have you in camp and they'll, yeah. they'll want to have you do their project. But, the but fr- the you could be the most talented person in the yeah. world, but if you're a prick, nobody wants you in camp. Like it's not worth, no. it's the, especially in this industry because, but you don't even because have to. You don't even have to be a prick, though. Yeah, you can be the guy that 
he's in camp with Kip, and all he wants to do is take selfies with Kip to put on his Instagram. Right. Yeah. He can be the guy that's in camp with Dudley, and all he wants to do is ask Dudley, you know, shooting tips. Yeah. Well, that's not what you're there to do. Right. No. You know, you're there to do a job. You know, and you're not there to to get to, to promote yourself. You're not there to um, be a what we used to call a germ. That somebody's there that's just in all of this hunting personality. You know, you're there to do a job, to have a good time, to cut up, understand when you can cut up, understand when you can't. Yeah. That's pretty important. Yeah. And then um, go about your business. Because, I mean, like, you, you know, you and you and Brad are partners. And yeah. every time I've been in the dunes, you got you and Brad have been together. I mean, yeah. obviously you get along. Yeah. You could, could you have a partner that you did not enjoy? No. No, you couldn't. No. That's extremely important. And I'm sure... You have flaws, and Brad has flaws, but you both understand what those are, and yep. you work through them. Yep. And you both probably know what each other's strengths are and what each other's weaknesses are, and you complement those things. Yes, sir. You know, because that's that's what it's about. You know, but I also, and one of those things, like, when, when I when I brought Ryder on, I told him, I'm, I'm not good at social media. And he was. I'm like, I want you to help me. Because, first of all, I don't have the patience for it. Yeah. But I'm in the business of trying to hire people that are better at things than I am. You know, yeah. I don't want to hire somebody that's, you know, not as good because then I'm having to train them or spend money on getting them to that place where you bring in somebody that's already a rock star. You're like, okay, well now let's go make some money. Yeah, I agree. That's what we're here for. Well, how important it is for you to set your ego aside and realize there's somebody that might be better than me. And that is not easy for a lot of people to do. I've never had a problem with it. I don't, because I, you know, it's hard when, we started growing and I had to pass the reins to the next guy, like Brad and the next guy below him Mm -hmm. and teach people my job. Takes trust again. Yeah. You have to trust this person. But at the end of the day, I can look and look at all these people working for me. They're doing a better job than I did. Yeah. And I think that's hard for people to do. Yeah. To admit that. Yeah. Well, and 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 I think that's a I think that's a guy thing though. Oh yeah. Don't you think? Yeah, the you know, of course I got to throw my hey, I did this by myself mm-hmm. stuff when you guys weren't around, but Yeah. You know, if you want to grow your business, you're going to have to get people to work for you and ho- the whole reason so you can do more, right? Yeah. Yeah, make more money and bring in more good people and get to go, go do more things, more cooler things and involve more people. And I mean, and could you imagine if you had five Caleb's, it'd be good. But if, if you compliment yourself yeah. with Ryer yeah. and other guys, you're going to surround you. Everybody will be able to do their own thing. Yeah. Well, and, and it's good to know that like, even though it's just me and Ryer right now, if something were to happen with me, like say I had a really sick kid or we had a, God forbid a death in the family or something bad happened to where I'm not going to be there for a week. Yeah. I know that I can ha- say, Hey, this is what we have to get done. This is the deadline. And I'm confident hell or high water, you know, within his power, he's going to do it Yeah, because he knows I would do the same for him. Yeah. Um, but that's also a mutual respect. That's also, um, trust. And, you know, I, I just, it's another thing that I didn't have at my old job because I always felt like we were working harder than my boss was. That's that right there. You, the, the, and I 
tell this to people is my guys need to see me show up to work. They mm-hmm. need to see me working. They need to see me. And the truth is they work really hard. Mm-hmm. But your guys have to feel like you're part of the team too. Yeah. That you're not just well, you're the quarter You're the quarterback. Yeah. Right. you got to be. Um, and I couldn't imagine managing 50 people. Like that makes my head hurt thinking about it. You know, and I hope that one day you do because that means you grew your business mm-hmm. large. And it's – I feel like as you grow uh, as a business, you're able to be able to do that. You become stronger mentally. And if I would have 12 years ago said, I'm going to have these, I would never have thought I would have this many people. Yeah. Never in a million years. Yeah. And it's stressful because now I'm not looking to make my paycheck. I'm looking to make 50 other people's paychecks. Yeah. Making sure. Yeah. You keep the machine going. Yeah. It's a huge responsibility. No, when you're virtually almost, I mean, think about it, 50 families. 50 families. Yeah. And I, I'm happy. Like, yeah. I'm supported. I'm happy that we we have a an, an option that we can help those people. Yeah. Well, you said what the hardest thing was, was training people. What do you think has been the biggest mistake that you've made in these 15 years? Um, is trusting people too much. Yeah. I think that's my biggest flaw. Yeah. That I'm learning to overcome to realize, hey, you can trust somebody, but you can also have checks and balances. Yeah. And that's totally fine. Yeah. you need to keep people honest. Oh, for sure. And so I probably gave people too much freedom to work in their, their space where there should have been a little bit of checks and balances. And I'm, I've learned that, and I, that was probably my biggest flaw. Yeah. What do you think has been the biggest accomplishment? Um, for me, it's just the amount of high-paying jobs we have for people. Be able to and keep growing that number. Yeah. Where they can't, not only are they making a good living, they're making, you know, a really good living. A really good living, yeah. Where they can go get toys. They're yeah. not just looking to buy a house and a car. They're looking to... Maybe get a boat too, you know. Yeah. And I'm happy for that. Makes me happy because now they're living their dream. Yeah. No, for sure. Um. How? And I guess we can kind of bring this back. Uh. What do you think? What do you think is important when you're running a business day to day? Um. What do you think would be a, an aspect of of? And it can be something small. What do you think is something important? that you try and put emphasis on, that you try and look at all the time that somebody might overlook when they're looking at their business? What's something small that you feel like a small piece of your everyday or in building this business has grown into something bigger? Well, when I visit my lots, I make sure I go out to the service area, to the guys working really hard, and I make sure I have a relationship with everybody from the top up. And maybe that's just going and saying, hey, how you doing? You know, cut it up for a second, but you don't interrupt their work. Mm-hmm. And make sure that, hey, they know you're there. They care about me. Because when you make people happy and they want to work for you. Yeah. Because I think we've all had bosses that you might not see them for a week. Oh, yeah. I but, had one. And they're just collecting the money. 
and then when you don't see people for a long time, stories start happening in your head. Oh, yeah. And then you lose. My biggest fear is losing. Good people. Good people. Yeah. Because maybe I didn't talk to them. Yeah. You know, I had a guy want to leave and I sat. He never, he didn't tell me. He told the managers and he's a really I would consider him a family friend. <clears throat> and I pulled him aside and said, hey, what? What's going on? You know, and he told me that he got an offer. And I said, okay, well, I'm going to take this as a perspective as a friend, not as your boss, but let's go through this. And they really sold him a bill of goods that wasn't really going to happen. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't tell him from a business, your boss. Yeah. Because then it would look like I'm just trying to keep them. Yeah. But I said, hey, I'm going to tell you as a friend and as an older brother, like, if this is a good deal. And I try to help him work, negotiate. And I I said, hey, for you to get, make, and we I, we sat down and did the math. I said, for you to make the same money you're making right now, it's going to be three to five years before you even get that. And I think it, since I approached it as a friend instead of your boss. Yeah. And then he ended up staying. He's happy. Everything's good. Yeah. So, um, I think that they now that doesn't work for everybody. Sometimes you just that certain person. That's what he needed. Well, that's again another. I guess segues into my next question is how do you when you're looking to hire a new employee? Say a new, say you know, say you know, a bottom level guy that you know maybe he's just cleaning trailers all the way up to your managers like what is something a trait or a quality you look for in someone like that loyalty loyalty a good attitude i work out that because i have my buddy chad his son's working for us and he just started and he was uh, cleaning trailers he has a great attitude and he works hard he doesn't know a lot about the trailer stuff mm-hmm. and I, I I told everybody, like, you can't teach an attitude. No, you cannot. You can't teach someone how to work hard. That's, like, given to you or not. Yes. That's a God-given ability. It really is. Yeah. I said, teach him how the trailer, and he, he's going to be a great worker for you. And I go out there. He's never complaining. He's always smiling. I was like, he has a great attitude. And uh, you know what? I guarantee his life is happy, and even mm-hmm. outside of work. Yeah. Because he has a great attitude. Yeah. It's super important. I agree. What's um what's some advice you would give somebody if they have a growing business? And this is probably me, you know, because we do have a growing business, thank the Lord. What's some advice you would give somebody um in in growing and stepping up to the next level? Whether that's you know, is that things that you would do financially, is that things that you would invest in, you know, what what's some things that you would give advice for? I would tell you know if you think you need something a year from now, you need to start doing it now. Because that if you think a year, it's probably going to be six months. And so instead of getting to that point where you have to be able to do something, you've prepared for that moment. Yeah, see, I'm not patient. I'm, a, I'm terribly, I'm not patient at all. Yeah. Like, we just bought that red, and I've been wanting it. And do we need it right this minute? Uh... Yes. <laughs> yeah, Ryers back. Debatable. Um, yes and no. Could we have, could we have made it without it a little bit longer? Yes. Really hope my wife doesn't listen to this podcast. But I was impatient. 
and we could afford it, so I bought it. There you go. Um, and she wouldn't think we can afford it, but we can. But um, you know, I, I don't have that, that patience. But you know, we're looking at some projects to where we're going to need one to three more people. You know, if yeah. we get some of this stuff. Yeah. And that scares me to death. Yeah. Um, just knowing I'm responsible for his paycheck kills me. Yeah. But knowing I'm responsible for three to four people's paycheck <sighs> scares me to death. And with the way that the world is now. It's crazy right oh now. Oh, my gosh, man. I mean, because it's like, it's like, you know, when the recession hit, which is virtually right when you started your business. Yeah. It's like you can be rocking and rolling like my dad's business was, making money hand over fist, turning jobs down because he couldn't do all the work. Yeah. And then it's like somebody turned the spigot off. Yeah. And uh, now you've got, you know, one to five people relying, in your case, 50 people relying on you. Um, then, you know, then what? That's what that's what scares me. So I would say to that would be you have to have a plan. And I think the most one of the most important things as a business owner is you have to have good financial um, responsibility because if you keep some of your employees or not, it's going to be based on your ability to save, to be able to budget. Because if you require a certain dollar amount and this dollar amount's really high, then when hard times come, you're not going to be able to live. You're going to have to cut people. Mm-hmm. So if you're able to budget really good on a low, low ceiling, like, hey, if the crap hits the fan, this is what I need to make. After that, I can funnel it to these guys and keep your core. Mm-hmm. Because you want to keep your core. And then you find out, okay, here's my core people. And everybody else, it's just, you know, you can replace those people pretty easily. The core yeah. people you can't replace. And if they wouldn't have got another job, it would hurt. Yeah. So you figure out who are those core people. You budget really well so that way. And I try to train my guys too. Hey, you know, all the commission guys. Who's more wealthy? The guy that makes sixty grand a year and he lives off forty, or the guy that makes one hundred and fifty and lives off one hundred and fifty? Who's more wealthy? Mm-hmm. The guy that makes sixty grand a year. And so I tell my guys, live on thirty percent of what you make, because I'm sorry, seventy percent, save thirty. If you have to get a pay cut, but you're used to living on the seventy percent, you'll be all right. Yeah. Yeah, that's some advice I need to take. Because I feel like anytime we have an excess in money, yeah. then I need to reinvest it into the business. I need to buy new gear. I need to buy better computers. And, and, and those are valuable things, but sometimes they're not things we need right now. Yeah. You know, whereas if I would save that money, and that way I'd have it when we really did need it, yeah. versus buying things now early, and then two years from now, the new better thing comes out that we really need. I can't afford it because I bought the computer two years ago or the camera two years ago or a year ago or whatever it is. Um, I have a really hard time with the budgeting side. I'm not good at it. And as a business owner, I would even say save enough money to where you're able to live off of nothing. Like you could not make money for a year and you don't need to take a paycheck. Oh, God. 
I know it sounds crazy, yeah. but you could totally do it. And what that does is, I don't want to take a paycheck. So, like, if all my clients, you can keep Ryer because all the money you make can go to him because you're good for a year. You can you can wait this out. And when the recession hits or a correction in the market or whatever, and everybody else is falling by the wayside because they didn't budget, which is perfect. That's what you want. Mm-hmm. And then you got your core because you know how to budget. And then when it goes back, you're sitting pretty. Yeah. Now you capitalize. You, you just kill it. And crush folks. So you and me, I want to save and I am excited for the next downturn. Yeah. Because more opportunities will come our way. Yeah. On the cheap. That's a really good way to think about it. Maybe even that farm in Kentucky. Farm, <laughs> yeah. When the farm <laughs> in Kentucky happens. I'm all in on that. No doubt. Me too. Well, uh, Ryder, what do you got? You got any thoughts? I know you've been over there sitting quietly except for the one red <laughs> the one red question. You I, we, your should t- we should talk about customers. Yeah, let's do it. I, yeah, I was going to say, um, you know, because I get to talk to Caleb about his take on business a lot uh and over the couple trips i've talked to brock about your take on business and uh y'all probably wouldn't come out and say it but i would say that your guys ethics business ethics and moral standards are very high and you guys both run your businesses with almost that as a backbone uh and i think both you guys have really similar kind of approaches to that so i think it'd be interesting to have you guys talk about kind of your your business morals and business ethics and and kind of taking care of your customers and your people first and then you know almost i mean sometimes to to the detriment of the business at that point in time but making sure that the customer and the client gets what they want or what's right for them um I think that would be interesting to talk about. Yeah, so, like, we have customers call us all the time. I am whatever broke, you know. could be a window or an AC. They could have torn it off. Like at, Dudley did. Yeah. <laughs> and there's we've had a customer. I'm, he's leaving – at um, the next morning to wherever, and his fridge blew up. <laughs> like, we weren't at fault. Yeah. It's not our fault the fridge blew up. Yeah. And he was about three hours away, and he called us at about three. And so me and Brad, we, we took a fridge out of a trailer, <laughs> loaded in the back of a truck. We drove all the way up. We got to his house at 10. We installed the fridge. We left. Yeah, that we lost money on that because... But you get a customer for life. Yeah, you lose money in the short, but in the long run. Yeah. He's going to tell all his friends. Yeah. Instead of the guy that says, yeah, they didn't help me. They just told me to pound sand. Mm-hmm. Now, even though he might not be mad at us, but now he's going to go out of his way to tell people to come to us. Yeah. You know, and even out here at the dunes, we bring tools and all that. Yeah, oh, yeah. Have you guys seen Mike and oh, yeah. running around? Jason, yeah, Jason's been running around like crazy. Yeah. But there's not another art dealer out here doing that. Yeah. And 
it sucks, but at least we're out here having fun. Yeah. And then we have to go fix a trailer too. No big deal. Yeah. So have you had experience like that? Well, my my thing is, it honestly the biggest thing for me is it came back to communication and the fact that I never wanted someone to be waiting on me. Yeah. Um, another thing that I learned in my old job is my old boss was like catching the Easter Bunny. He didn't answer his phone. You never got a straight answer from him. Um, it was always it was always a chore to do anything that involved him because it was never cut and dry. It was never yes or no. It was, um, you know, we never knew what financial status we were in. We never we never knew anything. Always um, in the dark. Always in the dark. Yeah. And he would, like you said, he'd, he'd disappear for weeks at a time. We didn't know where he was. We couldn't get a hold of him. Yeah. And um, and then what what, start, what starts at the office is everybody's like, well, he, you know, he's doing this and he's going, you know, and he could have been doing something really important for the business. Yeah. But he didn't tell us. Yeah. So what do we think? You know, we're going to think the worst. And then somebody says something, somebody talks to somebody else. And then, then you know, the rumor mill starts and who the hell knows where it's going to go from there to where... I want to be, I want to communicate, I, I communicate too much. And I told Ryder this too, is like, look, I might tell you something five times, but you will know. Yeah. I was like, you're going to know if we're doing good. You're going to know if we're going to do it bad. You're going to know exactly what a client thinks. You're going to know what I'm thinking. You're, I want you involved on decisions. I was like, because you're as much of this as I am now, you know? And, yeah. you know, and if, especially if it's something that you've been handling, um, I need, because you're going to know about this project more than me. And I always, like, to me it's extremely important that nobody's ever waiting on us. And it kills my wife that I always answer my phone. Yeah. I always reply to text. And she's like, well, you know, well, we're doing this, that, and the other. I'm like, look, I understand that. But this is a simple yes or no question, yes or no answer, or simple reply to an email that they're not going to wait on. Because I don't like waiting on them. And I don't want them to ever wait on me. Yeah. So that's like the baseline of what I do is is based on having an open line of communication at all times. And do some do some people take advantage of it? I think so. But at the same time, they're not going to go anywhere else because they know when they need an answer, they're going to get it. Yeah. Um, and we make it to where I try and make it extremely easy for clients to work with us. Their assets are always um, in the cloud. They're always they have links. They have access to all their, their raw images, their raw footage, if they want it. Um, and I make it to where it's really easy on the client end to access the content that we create for them. Because at the end of the day, that's what they're paying for. Yeah, They're paying for our time and then that finished product. So when we're here giving our time, we're enjoyable, we're positive, we're having a good time. We're helpful. That that goes beyond just taking pictures and video. Like if you need help setting up, if you need help hauling out an animal, if you know whatever the case may be. I've heard horror stories of producers that go on hunts and they kill an elk and they're trying to pack it out and the camera guy refuses to help. He won't help pack out. He won't help cut or clean. He won't help do any of that. They're like that. They're, he's like that's my, not my job. I'll do. I'm you. You you paid for me to come. I'll do whatever you want me to do. Yeah. I'll take out the trash. I'll do whatever. I, I, I'm not too good to do any of it. Yeah. And um, and I I don't expect the guys that work for me to feel like they're better than any of that. Yeah. You know because that's important to know and 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 to be trustworthy. 
Um, that's super important with a couple of our clients because they do some things that are super proprietary that they don't want other people to know about and to know that we're trustworthy, that the footage that we create for them, the way that we create it, um, how we do things is only for them. And that's what we do. And that's important to us because this business, the outdoor space, seems like a big business, but it's at its core, it's run by a very small group of people to where if Ryan or I did something to break our client's trust, if we showed footage to somebody that lost, cost them a sponsorship or got them in trouble or, you know, just was distasteful or what, you, you name it. Yeah. That's not, that, that gets around. And you no longer have a job. Yeah. Um, we have some clients that are really, you know, really, really easy going. We have some that are a little higher maintenance. We have some that are funny and cut up. We have some that are really serious. I mean, but at the end of the day, we know how to, but we also have spent so much time with them. We know how to operate around them. And, um, and they know how to operate around us. And that's the great thing with us is especially Dudley. You know, Dudley's the reason that we got to do the whole rent guns and gear shoot last year. Dudley's the reason we met you. Yeah. Dudley's the reason that we've gotten a lot of stuff because he enjoys working with us. And now anytime somebody calls him and says, hey, we need photography work or video work, well, who's he call? He calls us yeah. because he enjoys us. And he's like, if I can enjoy them, I know that this friend of mine that called will enjoy them. And it's created more and more business for us just because we were ourselves and we did all the little things right. Um, and that's what I tried to take try to take into account is always if you get a deadline you meet the deadline if you can't meet the deadline you better have a good reason that you didn't yeah and uh always be over communicate um and just bring value and and be a good good human being it's pretty freaking simple in my opinion yeah it you know it's funny it's everyone wants secret sauce right yeah yeah secret ingredient it's like well you have to be honest you have to be loyal. You have to do what you say you're going to do and call people back. Yeah. It doesn't seem too hard. No, it's and, it, and it's not. And uh, But that's a unicorn. Oh, not yeah. a lot of people do it. No doubt. I mean, I go into a car dealership, not because I want to, because, you know, you have to sometimes yeah. do that. And it blows my mind how hard it is to buy something. <laughs> I I didn't fit the mold of a guy that could buy. I called this guy to rear store a truck for me. And he told me he can't afford that. He hung up on me. I mean, I was trying to buy something. <laughs> and I think what you said of make it easy for the client. Yeah. Because it's easy to access the photos. It's easy to get a hold of you. Yeah. You text back. Make it easy, man. And that's what we do too. Like yeah. when you come buy a trailer, it's like when you come pick it up, it's gonna be you're gonna get a contract. This is exactly what we said. Yeah. None of the numbers change. I'm not gonna charge you any of those crazy fees that these guys made up. Yeah. Like, I think the dock fee is a total joke. Yeah. That's called I'm not making enough money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because uh I need chartered flights or something. I don't know what that means, but it's made up. So we don't charge it. Yeah. And just be honest, right? Yeah. But make it easy, quick and easy. People like easy. I mean, there's already too many 
anytime you have to deal with the government, it's going to be complicated. Briar can tell you about dealing with the government last couple of weeks, trying to get your truck fixed. I hate them. <laughs> Nothing. How how easy is that process? What? It just doing anything government related. Oh, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Apparently, I don't exist. <laughs> Apparently, I'm not here. I walked up to get my driver's <laughs> well, license. Well, you are and they soulless. Asked, and true. That is true. Well, I they're like, well, I can't these guys deny that. fit in a different category. <laughs> yeah. Well, I went to go get my driver's license, and I've never, ever in my life had to bring my birth certificate or my social security card to get my driver's license. And Well, I walked up to the counter, and she's like, where's your birth certificate and your social security number card? I said, I don't have that. I have two proofs of residence, and I'm here with my other license. Yeah. Like, what else? Yeah. Obviously, I'm qualified to operate the motor vehicle. I don't know about that. the, (laughs) The picture matches me. Kind I'm of. standing in front of you. Like this picture so. has this guy with straight eyes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, I think you my got ca- this wonky one going on. I think the last idea I had that I didn't have wonky eyes was like uh, was my high school one. You should my, like make it really one. wonky when you get just like yes, <laughs> you like that. <laughs> it, it's all like this. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> and then just if I ever get pulled over, just look at the officer. But that's a but that's a perfect. You example. were driving. You were driving crooked. I don't know what you're talking. about. <laughs> I was in one of the two lanes, <laughs> sir. This is a one lane road. <laughs> I see. I'm seeing four. <laughs> that's gotta, but that's a perfect example. It's like, you want to know how it is, what it means to be easy to work with. Look at how the government does it, and don't do that. Just do the opposite. Do the opposite. Make it, it easy. Do it like Amazon. Yeah. You want to talk about. Amazon yep. has made a business model of removing any obstacle from buying anything. Yep. Agreed. They, they've made it to where you can click one button and the thing will go to your it's they have some products you don't even have to like go onto your phone. You just have a button in your house that's yeah. like I want Tide Pods to snack on. <laughs> and then you press it and then they prime them there and yeah. it gets to your house in two days. Yeah. Like Amazon is the epitome of and it's not necessarily ease of use. And guess what? Jeff Bezos makes bank. <laughs> Isn't he the second? Is he the first or second richest man in the world? I don't even know. Depends Does on it even matter anymore? Doesn't matter. He's yeah. stupid rich. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, real rich. He could have a bonfire with money and not even care. No. That's a good idea. <laughs> you know what's a good idea? If you ever get ready to have a bonfire with a bunch of cash, let me know. I'll come take the cash. Buy some pallets and we can burn them, <laughs> and then I'll just keep whatever's left. Take it off your hands. If you're burning cash, call Ryer. Yeah, exactly. Ryer's cash removal service. <laughs> Got too much cash? We'll take that right off your hands. <laughs> oh god. Hey, how about this? Like this guy right here. Where did? How did he even get into taking pictures? Because like you didn't like grow up. I want to be a cameraman. Mm-mm. I took one photography class in like seventh grade, but that's because there was a cute girl in there. <laughs> and you know, you take film photography, and there's a dark room. And I was in seventh grade, and I was like, "Oh, this will work." It didn't work. Like <laughs> didn't nothing work. happened. Nothing. I just looked at her from afar. I was like, "Oh, yeah, she looks nice." <laughs> but uh, yeah, I actually I thought I took a really good picture of a baseball in that class. Like rule of thirds, everything. I set the baseball on the ground on the on the baseball field, and I took it with a nice little film camera and rule of thirds and i had to redevelop that picture like 17 times and i got a b on it what look at me now <laughs> look at me now, at me now. 
Take you should find that teacher and send her the pictures and be like, B plus my butt. B plus. Should have given me an A. I might have given you credit for my successful career. But now you'd get none. None. Oh, so what hunts do you have coming up this year? Well, Deseret. Deseret. Um, I'm hoping Alberta. That's Brock and I. Me and Brock. Yeah. yeah. We're going to go arrow something. Yeah. Mule deer. I like it. Um. I'm hoping in Alberta. I haven't heard from Dudley yet. I'm, just, I don't know. I'm hoping I'm a shoe in, but um. Is that the, the um, August fifteenth one again, or yeah. that last week of August or whatever it was? Yeah. That uh, Red Willow. Yeah. I got you. And then um, we have Yukon this year. Mm-hmm. And that's all I know right now until all the draws come out. I got you. New Mexico. Oh, you got a New Mexico tag. New Mexico. You're I have a New Mexico. About to say you're going to New Mexico, right? Late. Oh, you're not going the same time I'm going. No. So yeah. you're not going to be with me on that one. May. I don't know. I might be able to go out. I thought you one. were going to go too. But I hope so. Yeah, me too. Because uh, the wife might. We just won't tell her. It's just, I got work. <laughs> and I'm going to be gone for a week selling trailers. Yes. <laughs> with. Caleb. Yes. <laughs> is that your is that your elk hunt this Yes. Week? New Mexico. Is that's that, gonna be a good. Are we gonna short then? film that one? Huh? Are we gonna short film that one? I don't know. We should. Are we gonna I mean we I mean I, I guess. I don't know. I'm down. <laughs> we can, we've been trying. Yeah, God bless. <laughs> That'll be our third. You'll actually well. see elks to shoot elk to shoot. Oh, don't Brock, no, just be quiet. Like I can't get big, I can't get excited this early. It's only March. How big of a bull do you want to shoot? I don't care. Legal. Any of them? All the bulls. That's good good tag to have. You'll you'll get opportunity for sure. Stop talking. If we could have <laughs> just had one opportunity in oh Idaho. Oh my gosh, dude. We would have that would have been a boom, short film. That done. freaking trailer that dead gum. That freaking hunt. My God. Let's not go back to that. Um, so I wanted to ask you about content. Since yeah. we're out here doing some content for you, how do you consume content? Like what's your avenues that you consume content from? Are you a YouTube guy? Are you an Instagram guy? Are you a TV guy? What do yeah, you do? Instagram and YouTube probably. Instagram and YouTube. So yeah. what's some of your favorite accounts, favorite things to watch and why? I like um, Dudley stuff mm-hmm. because it's informational. Um is that like is that almost a requirement now that you want to you want to learn something when you're watching something? I like well it's nice that he's a world-class archer just handing out free info. Yeah. You know, and um but I like his short films too. Yeah. His films, his hunts in Alberta and bear hunts. It's pretty fun to watch. Um I like hunting shows. So I used to watch the Outdoor Channel until I found out you can watch stuff for free on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> so then I canceled that. <laughs> Went to YouTube. I'm sure Outdoor Channel loves to hear that, but they're shooting themselves in the foot. They're so stupid. They're, it's their fault. They should have. Oh, yeah. It's like preparing for 10 years down the yeah, road. Yeah, they didn't they do didn't, that. Like, yeah, you got to prepare, man. Yeah. Well, look at toes. Well, I've always said the Outdoor Channel and the Sportsman Channel, like the Outdoor Net Television has always been five to ten years behind what's yeah. main, you know, what's mainstream. If streaming is mainstream, you're not going to see that from the Outdoor Channel until five to ten plus years. And that's exactly what's happening. Netflix became popular. Amazon Prime, you know, video became popular. Yeah. Um, guess what? 
oh, we should probably do that now that it's too late. Too and late. And everybody's already dropping, like, flies. And well, like, Meat Eaters have been on Netflix for a while. Yeah. Well, but what they're doing is they're – nobody can believe their numbers. Nobody can believe the airtime numbers that they're being given. Oh. Um, it's like three or four shows are being told they're the number one show. Well, how is that possible? <laughs> you know? But yeah. it's just to keep people paying that airtime, man. Because yeah. yeah. it's a pay-to-play system. It's complete bullcrap. Yeah, why would you even do that when you can go to YouTube for free? Yeah, well, thank thank God that there's avenues for all of it because we produce all of it. And I really don't know which I don't know which one I enjoy the most. Um, I like the long form stuff. I like the short form stuff. I like it all. Oh yeah. God, time is it? Eleven forty. It's only eleven forty-five. God, I feel like it's three o'clock because it is. Days here pass very slowly. Yeah, it does. I don't know why. Because it gets you really would, hot. You would think that it would pass faster because you're having a good time. Time flies. Yeah. Uh, but it they go really slow. You yeah. like think, oh, it's got to be four. Like we got to get be getting ready for the sunset ride. And you look, it's not even lunchtime. <laughs> you're like, I ate breakfast like up. seven hours ago. Though. <laughs> I mean, the, you're up at. Didn't we drive forty-five miles through the dunes? Yeah. Like maybe a mile. <laughs> yeah, you want to get your workout in for a freaking elk hunt? Oh my god! Walk up and down them dunes a couple times. Yeah, Talk about burning. I, I, the legs will be, be burning. I challenge Ryer. I'm not gonna do it, but man, I'll get <laughs> I'm not gonna do it. I was about it. to say you better be careful. The challenge. You better be careful. I like challenges. Twenty dollars to hike from the bottom of Oldsmobile all the way to the top. Is that the big one? Yeah, twenty oh. bucks. Twenty bucks, dude. That's all. You like challenges. <laughs> you like challenges. Middle of the day. He's yeah, a salesman. I gotta give him you that. Like you like challenges. You said you liked it. Oh, that's okay. Funny. What is that? Too much. I thought it was gonna be a race. I like to race people. I, well, I can't race. Oh yeah. How is your knee, by the way? It's it's doing good. Is it? I'm just a lot of rest. A lot of what happened <clears throat> to it? Um, I had a, a procedure where they installed an inner brace. To tighten my ligaments all stretched out, so mm. they're trying to tighten them up. And that's them all that moving that jiggy, getting jiggy with the dancing that you used yeah, to do. All the worm, the worm. all the worm. <laughs> I was known for the worm. Which Taryn was telling me about a dance that she went to that she wouldn't go to. Yeah, <laughs> don't a leave a pretty girl to <laughs> dance for. You wouldn't dance. She's like, I won't go to this dance. I'm like, No, I want to go. We're dating. Well, she's like, I'm going. Like, yeah, well, and then I. Sitting there, I'm like, I feel bad. Let her go. So I go, and I show up, and she's dancing with another dude. Ooh, <laughs> a big oof from the audience. At least the guy was like, kind of weird looking. So I was like, hey, bud, get out of here. Move on. Nothing to see here. Nothing to see here. Oh, that's great. Oh. Uh, well, uh, you got anything else? Can't think of anything else. Uh, talk about the sand car. Oh. I just want, because we keep talking about the sand yeah. cars, but I don't, some people, like if I was listening to this it's, and somebody said sand car, so much I, would have, I would have no idea what that is. So what is a sand car? And then tell me numbers. Like, I don't know which numbers to tell because I don't know enough about so Talk things. about your sand car specifically. Yeah. So it's a, it would be considered a dual sport. So dual sports, more heavy duty. And it's considered dual sport because you can go race it out in the desert, like with the trophy trucks, like a class one car, um, which means it's just built up really well. It's 
really it's a really heavy car. How many how many inches of travel does it have in suspension? That one is pushing thirty inches. Good gracious. How much does a trophy truck have? That thirty thirty inches. Thirty inches. So <clears throat> you're maxed out right there of what how much travel you can really get out of a car. I've yeah. always looked at people with long travel suspensions and I'm like, where are you ever gonna need that? I like it. Right here. You're yeah. going to need that right here. Yeah, so Yesterday when we were going through those whoops, whoops, or whatever. Oh, if you had a regular that. suspension, you would have been all to pieces. You would have been dead. You would have been dead. You would have 100% been dead. Yeah, so the your whoops. Neck, your people neck that, would. the whoops out here, like, they get, like, two feet tall. Yeah, what makes, are those, like, natural? Yeah. People driving in them. It's from driving. Like, if no one drove, it'd be flat. Huh. Yeah, that makes sense because down, like, ranch roads and stuff. Yeah. They get they get all those stutter bumps because everybody all the semis trucks. Yeah, but those driving. are huge whoops. Those aren't stutter bumps. I could live with stutter bumps because you wouldn't even feel those in the in the car. But those whoops, man, they'll beat you to death. They'll actually come out with a plow, like a a blade, blade it. Oh, really? And then it'll happen again. I'm I'm guessing because when you go down, it grabs the tires yeah. more and you kick it out. Yeah. So you kind of go over the top and you grab the bottom. That's my guess why they get deeper. Yeah. And you notice when we went to the hill, they had some whoops there, too. Yeah. So, anyway, I, I, so 30 inches of travel. What else about the car? It's four. It's a four-seat car. Um, the motor is a LS3, which is what they put in the Camaros with a Whipple supercharger. It's on pump gas. It's a real mild tune. I didn't want to go crazy because... That's mild. Yeah, that's mild. <laughs> I could have got more... You can go, so it's got about 700 horsepower. You can, with that setup, you can push it all the way to about 900 if you want to. I kept it mild so it'll last longer. Because you blow them up out here. This is where they blow up. Yeah, I can see that. It has a PBS sequential transmission, which is cool. You just go forward, back, to shift it. You don't have to, um, it doesn't have like four. Yeah. Just forward and back, up and down. Um, and then America. It's got America. She it's barks. a lot of America. She barks. Yeah, that's it's fun to drive. <laughs> it's fun to ride in. To I would be, die if I drove it. To be honest, first time I drove it, I was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> like, because I've driven a lot of cars. I mean, I own a Demon. Um, I've been in some fast cars, but out here it's different because you get a lot of speed fast, you get hurt. Yeah. I realize I gotta I gotta be on my game on this. Yeah, because I don't want to kill nobody. <laughs> exactly. So I mean, you have to give space between you and the next person because when you're going around the bowl, you want to hit it. So if you get enough space, I mean, you can really lay into it and get, you know, eighty nine eighty ninety going around a bowl if you want to. And no time. Yep. Yep. So it's a lot of fun. Yeah, and then y'all got a couple side-by-sides, too. Yeah, so Taryn has a Cowie 1000, the new two-seater, um, and we put long travel on that. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, all pink, you know, because it's a girl's car, so. But those are serious, dude. The one that I rode in in Brad's, his Can-Am, it will freaking haul. Dude, yeah, that one's turbocharged. Yeah. And they, they scream, man. Heck, yeah, they do. They're fast. Like, I don't know if you would ever want to go that fast on a dirt road. No. You know, like, you don't need that much power. No. Luckily, 
Luckily, all these things have roll cages, and it is fairly soft sand. But if you're running 90, it doesn't really matter how soft the sand is. No. But, yeah. We've seen people roll it all the time. We saw yeah. a guy roll a razor yesterday right by camp. Yeah. Some dumb kids. Some dumb kids. Dumb kids. Yeah, right. We're going to get Ryder on a motorcycle. He's never ran a He knows how to drive a five-speed, but he's never rode a motorcycle with a clutch. Oh, sweet. Let's get on Brad's. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, get on Brad. Now, see, I heard a story one time of a guy who got a motorcycle, and he had road motorcycles, and he got a motorcycle that had a little too much power for him, and he couldn't even get it like going because he just he'd wheelie it every time he tried to. Was it a two-stroke? I don't hit the power band and just. Yeah, he would try to he would try to start it and just go. He would wheelie it. I love the sound of a four-stroke motorcycle. Gosh, they sound so good. They do sound good. My brother had a KTM 450 when we were growing up. Really? Man, that thing sounds so good. That's a good that's a good bike right there. Yeah. We used to race. I'd race him. I'd be on the road parallel to him in the pasture in my old BMW and race him going down the road, and he'd smoke me every time. They're fast. They're fast. It's like a crotch rocket, really. Yeah. Very, yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Oh, but he would, yeah, he'd die. He'd love to come out here and ride. Let's bring him. You know. He's one of the chickens, right? Yep. You guys have chickens? Oh, yeah. He's got lots of chickens. I'm going to go shoot some rats. Those <laughs> <laughs> chicken pens. Well, well I think- somebody, somebody was saying that they had, they had like, a, a ex-boyfriend who didn't like the dunes. They, he thought that That's the my, dunes. My cousin. Yeah, the dunes were a redneck activity. I said, Hold up. Wait a second. I know a guy. Who just got pumped out of his mind to go shoot rats <laughs> out of a chicken house? Now you want to talk about redneck? Oh yeah, you want to talk about that? That's shooting rats out of a. Oh, out we're of a gonna chicken have to house. do a once we do film that. We're gonna have to do a post podcast with Chuck about how. Much. I don't even know what. Like I heard you guys talk about it. I still have no idea how it sounds like. Chaos. Oh, it's gonna be. It's gonna like, be I just imagine. A bunch of rats just appearing, and then just everybody's just shooting rats. Like yep. How many rats are there? What is rat shot? Thousands, thousands of rats. What is rat shot, Caleb? It's uh like twenty CCI makes it. Um, so it's a it's essentially a twenty two with like tiny little BBs in it. <laughs> it's like a making a twenty two shell, a shotgun shell. It's what it's designed for. I'm pretty sure is to be able to shoot it inside your home and not tear things up. Oh, be able to it. kill a rat. In your house, <laughs> and not shoot holes in your floor. They're talking about redneck. See, that's yeah. So this, I want to. This right here is not redneck. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty redneck. No, but compared to shooting rats in a chicken house. Well, my wife was, she was, she was skeptical about this because she knew we were camping. But I was like, no, it's not camping. We're pulling a home behind us. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, we're gonna have a full blown house with AC, refrigerator microwave king size bed like no we're not camping because she heard the term camping and she's like tents on the ground i'm like no it's not that kind of that's camping. the thing like that can make or break a dune trip right there like where you're staying oh yeah oh if i can we imagine tents you'd be like hell no let's go back to that damn place <laughs> no doubt but when you're able to take a shower at night yeah and feel like oh my gosh i feel so much better yeah like i don't know ryer still hasn't showered yeah he no. says he doesn't get dirty I didn't say that. <laughs> Hygiene Brock, holiday. Brock's lying. No, I didn't shower <laughs> last night because by the time I got in, uh, all the kids were sleeping and everybody was sleeping. So who cares? I didn't want to wake. They'll go back. Up. They'll go back to sleep. 
I'll probably shower today. We'll That's see how good. I feel. You, you're you're getting rank. You don't even know. <laughs> you don't even know. I smell Rock. You don't I, smell it. I have a nose of a hound dog. We, That's uh, not true. At we all. got to watch Terrence. We got to watch Terrence mule deer hunt last night. That's too. pretty cool. Huh? Yeah, I've oh, got God. the I've got the patio hauler. So they got a big trailer that the whole side of it comes down. It's got four big screens in it yeah. and like surround sound. Yeah, and it's made for like big events. If you wanted to pull it to your event, yeah. And we put on uh, the mule deer hunt that that Ryder did with you and Taryn, your wife, in Colorado. It was pretty cool to get to watch it. Yeah, it was fun to watch it with you guys. Yeah, have Taryn there, and you know, it's like. The grand opening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the premiere. The premiere. The world premiere. I had, I had red velvet there. Red freaking velvet. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I always that I was excited to watch that on at the patio holler. Oh yeah, for sure. Just a little disappointed more people than come watch it with us. Ah uh, right. well, they don't know what's cool. You know what? Screw them. They're <laughs> lame. I hope they run out of gas out there. So. <laughs> and then have to walk back and Oh, can you imagine having to walk back? Oh, it'd be so Let's bad. Talk about things like that before yeah. before cell phones. That happened a lot. Really? Oh yeah. Go, go out there. It's like who are you gonna call? Yeah. Ghostbusters. Nobody. Nobody. <laughs> Get walking. Get to walking. Get up on the highest spot. That's me. It's like getting lost as a goon. Luckily, this spot is like right next to the road. And if you can see the mountains, you go towards the mountains and go to the road. Yeah, go to the road. Go to the road and walk it out. It's Walk all the way back to camp. Maybe some weird dude will give you a ride. <laughs> I mean, out here you have from the poorest people all the way to the most mm-hmm. people with the most money. Oh, alive. yeah. And and we're in California, and I've never seen so many Trump flags in my life. Oh, dude. dude. T- I've been telling you, the only places in California that are as as liberal as people think that California is is the big cities. Yeah. Everywhere else? Is, oh yeah, is, I mean the is, one place I've been to California was with, with you guys, and yeah. I was like, I ate at a Denny's with a bunch of people in camo, and I'm like, I'm an alternate <laughs> universe. Yeah, it. That's California has been trying to. There's been three or maybe more movements to like separate mm-hmm. Northern California or to separate California into five different individual states that's because weird. it's so big and the demographics are so different between. Like L.A. and San Francisco I think and we San need to Diego. Just, I think so. we just need to find like two or three states just to give to the liberals and let them have it. Let them have their own government. Let them have it. Let them, and when it screws up, like don't come crying to us. You made your bed. Now you're going to sleep in it. Oh, I would, I would say, I would say work. the West Coast, but you kind of need all the agriculture in Central California. Well, give, okay, give them. You know? Give like, them. What agriculture? Okay, well. California is actually... For what? The produ- they avocados. We yeah. just get them from Mexico. A get, lot of nuts. Give and them stuff like that. Give them Oregon and Washington, Fruits. Louisiana, Michigan, <laughs> Louisiana. Yeah, Michigan and Minnesota. <laughs> We've got to go all they're, four corners. We got to give them. You know, we got to. They're go. all West Coasters. You know, he had Louisiana mm, first, Louisiana. but he's like, I'll put that second. Well, then you give them Michigan and Minnesota. Did you give them Florida. Louisiana. Yeah. Oh, yes. I can absolutely have Florida. <laughs> and then we'll give them pretty much from New York up. They can have that. So what about Maine, though? Maine seems nice. Maine seems nice to keep kind of conservative. No, I've never been there. Give it to them. Yeah, exactly. That's how I feel. I've never been there. Give it to them. That's true. Have you ever heard? Have you ever talked to somebody and they were like, yeah, I just went on a trip to Maine? Or have you heard somebody say, yeah, I live in Maine? I've never heard somebody say that. I don't think I've Maine. ever met someone. Have you ever Maine? heard somebody say, I really want to go visit that place <laughs> right now? Like, no. never. Never. Sometimes I forget that Maine is even a place. Sometimes, you know, like, like it just 
if you name off all 50 states, Maine is almost like, oh, yeah, we do have that one that's basically well, Canada. It, to, me it's north, to, to me, northeast, the northeast United States feels to me like a bunch of, like, bratty kids because they couldn't decide on who got a whole state, so they just made a bunch of little ones. Yeah. yeah. It's like, okay, that was room for, like, two good states. Instead, y'all got, like, 12. This is stupid. Like, we... It, it for we're gonna, two days we're gonna you can make, drive through 12 states is crazy. Yeah, I know, I've never I've never done it, but uh, we're gonna make somebody really. We've probably got a podcast listener from Maine. He's probably uh, well, gonna he's probably God, gonna hit us up on Instagram. God like, bless you. Oh, uh, Red you Velvet are. didn't know that Maine was a state. <laughs> oh, freaking idiot! <laughs> well, no one said you were smart. <laughs> they don't have to say it. They just know. They just know. <laughs> Boom! Mic drop. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I think that's it. Well, thanks for having me on the podcast. Heck yeah, dude. Well, I'm glad we got to. Yeah, I wasn't going to. I told Ryer we were going to bring it and not going to tell you. That way we could surprise you with it. Oh, I was surprised. Well, you couldn't have any time to prepare. I didn't. (laughs) I did not prepare. I didn't. (laughs) I literally walked in with my Diet Coke, sat down, and let's do this thing. Okay. Yeah, we we got out of the car and then just came in here. Yep. All right, guys. Well, I appreciate it. And, um, see you guys soon.